Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 106 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer in studio. This is Oilers Now. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Japanese Village, open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. In this hour, Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, and Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, the River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement, bet on it. And we bring aboard Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Reminder, Alberta's top fillies and colts go head-to-head. The Philly Pace and Western Canadian Pacing Derby takes place December 31st at Century Mile. Post time is 6.15. Well, Mark... Never a dull moment. I, I just got to read the te- uh, text here from Peter out of Wainwright, uh, who says, Bob, I hope COVID now gets back to talking about the issue that people care about, like Canadian soccer uh, and weather and pineapple that goes on pizza. Hope you can have a great day and don't take the whiners seriously. Uh, that one uh, comes to us from uh, Peter, who's a big soccer fan. And he likes, he, Mark, he likes to hear your voice as well. So let's get right to it. How are you doing, Speck? Not bad. It's funny how a little bit of COVID has people not talking about the fact that my truck reads minus 27 right now, and it's probably as warm as it's going to get all day, man. Well, <laughs> in fairness, uh, Shea Ganim earlier today did an entire segment or two on, he wanted people to text in how cold they were in their vehicles to verify coldest places in Alberta. It was actually uh, a pretty cool bit, no pun intended. Um we, of course, uh, were receiving a notification today that we were pushed back to travel, which is never any fun, uh, awaiting results, and all right, um, uh, I want to read you a tweet. Uh, with, with the virus apparently becoming more contagious and causing less illness, the NFL and NFLPA protocols have become outdated. The challenge is to move quickly to a new practical model that allows vaccinated um uh, and asymptomatic players to play, even if still technically positive. 
And we often look to the NHL, and I think history has shown us with Gary Bettman, he usually looks to the NBA a little less to the NFL. The NFL is solely in the United States. The NBA, of course, has got the Raptors in Toronto. Did they play in Toronto last year? I can't recall. I don't think – I know they didn't start the season there. I don't know if they can – maybe they played the – shows you how much I, I cared about the Raptors for one brief playoff run. But you know where I'm going with this, Mark. Do you think we're getting to the place – where they change the protocols, and can they change the protocols when you have seven teams in Canada? What do you think? Uh, Listen, Bobby, that's the question. It's all governmental stuff, right? You're asking a guy to guess what the government's going to allow you to do, and they change their mind every third day. So that's that's an impossible question to answer. And you know what? I'd rather just talk hockey. Like, who knows? You're asking me how many different policies is Trudeau going to have between now and the end of January? (laughs) Not a man or woman on earth can answer that question, my friend. Oh, well, uh, and there's a degree of truth to that. Just take a look. When this whole process started about the perception of mass and then not mask, right? And then, you know, didn't need masks initially, and now we're all wearing them. And I, I think a lot of people spec have COVID fatigue. Uh, you've had COVID. So far, uh, I've avoided it. Uh, just got tested again. Uh, and uh, we're on hold right now for tonight. Three NHL teams shut down until Christmas. No surprise. Calgary Flames, Colorado Avalanche, Florida Panthers. Does there come a tipping point here where you think maybe the league just as a whole recalibrates? Is that a, is that a possibility? What do you think? Oh, well, I just listened to Elliot, and he said it best. He said it's all trending very poorly right now. It's just it's a it's a snowball rolling downhill, and you get some teams that go from one guy testing to six guys to ten guys, or and, and then Calgary, and then you get a team like the Oilers that's just kind of knocking out one every second day. And but the the common thread is everybody's starting to do this. They're they're canceling games now. Um, you know, the question isn't whether or not NHLers are going to go to Beijing. The bigger question is, is Beijing going to happen? So, you know, I don't like where it's going, Bob. Nobody does. Um, I guess I'd ask you this, though. If, uh, assuming they're going to play a game tomorrow night in Seattle, who plays on McDavid's left wing? Well, last night it was Fogel. So RNH was with Dry Settle. Sure, I meant to say Dry Settle. Excuse me, excuse me. My mistake. Dry Settle's left wing. Yeah, I think Marodi would come up. I mean, he's been the best five v five forward down in Bakersfield. If I was to hazard a guess, there to recall a guy, my guess is it's going to be Cooper Marodi. And playing with Dry Settle? I didn't say that. Well, I ask you, who played in his wing? Who plays in his wing? I'd move Perlini up because he shoots the puck. That's what I would do. And I know we talked last night on the panel about the fact that Yamamoto hasn't got a shot on goal in the last seven games. And last night, uh, the dry settle Nugent Hopkins uh, Yamamoto line was on the ice for both goals against. And both goals were a byproduct of not getting pucks deep. And in one of those sequences, Yamamoto had the puck through the neutral ice area. He is not playing with an immense amount of confidence. His teammate uh, stood by him good yesterday. You were there for the availability of Fleon Dreisaitl. It's remarkable, you know. I like our, the fans in Edmonton, Mark. They love Yesapoliyarvi, and there's lots to like. And he's big, and nobody likes scoring more than him. Are you starting to become concerned about Yamamoto a bit? Oh, big time! Like uh, you know, it's the evolution of the player. Like I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned. Like that's a, you know, he's an NHL player, so great. What kind of NHL player is he? Uh, you know, he's he's not trending at this point towards being a top six NHL player. 
and that's a problem when you weigh 170 pounds. You know, as, as a as a if I was a GM, I don't like 170 pound guys in my bottom six. That's not what bottom sixes are about to me. There is the odd uh, small player that can do it. Like I'd say Josh Archibald, because he still hits you like a train. He's a penalty killer. He's a four-checker. He's really fast. He has all those elements. Yamamoto doesn't. Yamamoto isn't a bottom six player to me, but right now he's not a top six player. I hear a lot of people in town saying, yeah, but he drew a penalty. Well, that's awesome. But you know what? You're a first-round draft pick, son. You're, uh, you're playing with the, the top goal scorer in the National Hockey League. You got one assist all year. We're not paying you to draw a penalty. It's great that you drew a penalty. Awesome. Got to be way more production than drawing a penalty, Bobby. I'm going to throw this out there to the listeners on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors, 780-496-0063. That's our text line number. Get the new floors you've always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Paul Yarvey is spec. He's coming, and there's going to be more there with him in time. He's a good bet, and he's big, right? Like, and, oh, yeah. and he is sure. he is already a beloved figure in the Edmonton hockey market. The fans love him. Simple Great. question: Are you concerned with the direction right now that Kyler Yamamoto, Kyler Yamamoto is trending? Think of where he was two years ago. And contrast that with right now. And I'd like to know whether or not people are concerned about, you know, I still think he's got a chance to be a top six forward. I thought he was a stone-cold mortal lock at this time last year before we started up, Mark, in 2020-21 season. You know, like I, I thought, well, come on, of course he's a top six forward. And we weren't sure in Paul Yarvey. And right now, here we are a year later, and we know damn well Paul Yarvey is a top six forward. There's no question he's a top six guy. Now, people... Is it unfair because Yamamoto's not on the first unit power play? Does that give a – like, Paul Yarvey got two on the power play last night, albeit at the net front. Does that give a guy like Paul Yarvey an advantage, Mark? Of course it does. Being six foot four gives Paul Yarvey an advantage, Bob. Yep. You know, that's just the reality of professional sports. Big guys have an advantage over little guys. Doesn't mean little guys can't play. Don't don't misquote me on this, but you find me a guy since Dino Cicerelli who's small and being the net front guy on a on a good power play. Like, I'm, am I missing anybody out there? No. You know, every even the guys that are depth players like um, like Alex Chason, he was in that position, but he's a big strong man and can hold position. Like, there isn't a coach in today's world that would look at Kyle Yamamoto and say, go stand in front of the net down low on the power play. But they sure look at Jesse Pujarvi, and you know what? Pujarvi, give him credit. He scored two goals last night. Everything's good with Jesse Pujarvi. He didn't do much because he didn't have to do much. He was in the right position because he can hold the right position because he's a big, strong cat. So Yamamoto's got to figure out other ways to score, and uh, that's his challenge. He's got to figure – I mean, he's not going to figure those ways to score out, Bob, until he figures out a way to get a shot on net. And when Brandon Perlini comes up for the minors and gets seven shots on net in one game, and Yamamoto's gone seven games without a shot, uh, you know, there's so he's – He's got to do some soul searching here. There's got to be more. There's got to be more, Bob. Well, I'll give Perlini credit. He got back to what he did in the preseason, which was have a shooter's mentality, went down. How did you find his response last night to the question from Jim Matheson after the game, uh, dealing with pressure? That was a pretty cool response, eh? Yeah, good for him, you know, and he's a pro, right? He's 
he's way beyond Yamamoto. You know, he was the the draft pick that came in and had success a little bit early, Perlini, and it already and then it kind of fell apart, and he ended up in the minors. He ended up without a team, and now he's a depth guy, and he's been through this. Hopefully, Yamamoto doesn't get to that point. But in terms of of you know, it's kind of like dog years, Bob. Perlini's got a lot of dog years in hockey, even though he's not an old guy. He's been through a lot of stuff. As you can tell when you hear him talk, like he's, you know, he's in the NHL. He's happy to be there. He's firing pucks at the net. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. Yamamoto can't can't get a puck on his stick and off his stick right now. Uh, he's got a lot of thinking to do about how the game's going to get played for him to have success here. Well, it's interesting. I mean, Perlini, you know, had a shooter's mentality. Yamamoto hasn't shown that at all at any point this season. His last goal was on a deflection where he was, you know, uh, cruising through the frontal of goal in the dirties areas to score. He hasn't a shot on goal since. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. So, uh, again, yep. can, and and I bring up the power play thing because Martin St. Louis, right? This is, people forget, right. like, Marty St. Louis was waved through the league uh, at one point. And, sure was. And he was a guy, obviously, he was not net front. He was a half-boards player on the power play, but uh, pretty interesting. Uh you know, I'm, I'm not saying – no one's saying Yamamoto will ever play. That's not what anyone's saying here. The question is, where is he going to play? You know, like you look at little guys. San Luis is a great example. Did, he, did they put – is he not a Hall of Fame – is he a Hall of Fame player? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he went in the Hall of Fame. There you go. Here's a guy getting waved through the league, a little guy they thought he could never play. The Flames waved him through the league, if it's, uh, I would think – I believe it was the Calgary Flames. Um and he ends up in the Hall of Fame. You know, Theo Fleury, everyone, every time you see a feisty little guy, they go, yeah, he might be little, but he plays like Fleury. Well, guess what, Bob? Almost no little guy after Theo and Fleury really genuinely played like Theo Fleury, right? Lots of guys were gonna. None of them did. And then the third guy I'll list for you is Andrew Cogliano, a, a little guy, first-round pick, uh, was uh, supposed to be a first-line player, and eventually figured out, I'm going to have to be a third- or fourth-line player, but what he had on his side was some of the best speed in the National Hockey League. He was one of the fastest players you ever met. Yamamoto's a good skater, but he doesn't have that tool. He's not one of the fastest guys. So he's got to figure out something he does better than other guys. And at this point, just digging pucks out of the corner, you know, if he was really successful at distributing the puck, he'd have more than one assist this season playing with Dreisaitl. So I get it he wins battles. I get it he digs pucks out. But where do they go? Because they're not going in the net, Bob. Yeah, and and they need some support scoring. It hasn't been coming from him. This texter comes in out of BC, says, Love Yamamoto, but guys are finally starting to see the book on him. He's supposed to be good defensively. I'd say he's only so-so. Top six need to score or at least shoot. After his good run, teams went in the offseason. They adjusted to his game. Love is hard, but that won't win games. Times for changes. Some people, Another texter said, What about trading him to the Rangers for Kravtsov, who's six foot two? Um the deal that makes the most sense for me where he'd be most appreciated would be Seattle. You know, he's a Spokane kid. Uh, I, you know, I, I'd be, I mean, I don't know necessarily. The funny thing is, Mark, because of his lack of productivity, that's going to play right into Ken Holland's hands, okay, in terms of a contract negotiation, assuming he stays with the Oilers, because there's no way in hell he's going to win an arbitration case based on the lack of productivity. So, there you go. Bob, it, 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 with Yamamoto these right now, he's got a half a season or two-thirds of a season to, to maybe change this conversation. With Yamamoto, it's not about how much are we going to pay this guy, right? It's about where on earth are we going to play this guy, this, right? 
This like, th- I know GMs. They don't all think the same. But you can count on one hand the amount of the 170-pound player in their bottom six. Like, they almost don't. That GM might not exist. So if Yamamoto can't show people he's a top six player, then he's a bit of a unicorn here, man. He's a, a bottom six player who's not that – who's small – and skates okay. Well, the owners have. That's what do you do with that player? They have five legitimate top six guys, right? I mean, obviously McDavid Drysdale, two top scorers in the league over the last five years, and and then Hyman's come in. He can, you know, I think he's more comfortable on the left side. You notice him when he's not in the lineup. The guy's a gamer. He brings it. He's uh, he's, he's a legit top six guy. So's Nuge. So's sure. And then Paul Yarvey has become that. He is. He is. I mean, he's right now he's tracking for about a 28 to 32 goal, you know, 60 yep. to 67 point season. So the next, the next step for Yessi is to make the guys around him better. I yeah. think he's a very good player when everyone's good. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much he makes his line mates better. He sure can finish. And when they give him a chance, he counts, you know, he capitalizes. Actually, like, Mark, I, I think his but, finishing skills still need to improve. There's lots of chances well, off the sure rush. Where he, but you know what What I do find interesting, you say he doesn't make his line mates better. He's got pretty good analytics. He tends to tilt the ice. He's a big man. He gets in on the forecheck. He separates guys from the pot. When, when he's on his game, he's a very effective top six player. So, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I'll take him. But I think we're the, the what we agree on here, Bob, is I still think we're looking at about you know sixty five or seventy percent of what he's going to be, and not that. Oh, long oh no, 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 no. Well, you know I what? Think there's huge jump to make. If, for, if, yes, if we're right. only seeing sixty five to seventy percent, Mark, it's it's beautiful. If you're an Oilers uh, fan, yeah. uh, a couple more texts here, uh, Bob. Would there be a chance that Yamamoto would go to Seattle for say Carson Susie and a pick? Uh, Su- I think Susie says a texter would be a great fit in Edmonton. Look, I like Carson Susie. Just a reminder, he's a left shot. He is physical. The Oilers have a physical left shot. I think Nima Linen might have uh, taken a shot off the hand spec against uh, the Leafs the other night. I like what Nima Linen has, and they have Broberg coming too. Those are two left shots, 164, 165. Nima Linen has. Samarukov's a left shot. Yeah, they've got lots of. La- now, Tidbit texts the show to say, Bob, what about Yamamoto for uh, Mason Appleton? That one makes sense to me because Appleton so far has not – I think he's only got two goals and six points or whatever with Seattle. I think Seattle's going to be wheeling and dealing here. Uh, so I, I think that would – and James says, what about a three-way? Uh, McCann to Boston to Brust to the Oilers and Yamamoto Seattle and the Bruins and the, the Bruins and the crack and eat money on DeBrus to balance it all. Well, now you're moving a right, a righty to a lefty. You might have to move Hyman over to the, the, uh, the right side if you were to do that. Uh Mark, let's hope the team goes to Seattle at this stage. <laughs> yep. Well, no, I'm just like, hey, I, I'm not, you can't rule anything out. Uh, Stuart Skinner, by the way, he had a good he had a good start early in that game. I mean, the orders the orders were actually better in the first couple minutes against the Leafs than they were against Columbus. But Columbus has become the tonic for Edmonton over the years, haven't they? Well, the Edmonton does beat Columbus for fun here, as my recollection is. Whether they beat him, how many, how many games they beat him in a row here, Bob? Like five, six? five in a row. They've outscored them twenty-one to five in those five games. Okay, so that's good. I, I'll say this: they started last night's game awful. Yeah. Right. And, and how I, I sort of, I, I looked over to Jim Matheson to the left of me, and after they gave up a two-on-one, six feet a, apart. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, six feet apart. So they gave up a two-on-one. They took the unforced error, the too many men in the ice penalty, and then killed that off and gave up a three-on-one. And when it was 0-0 after that, I said to Maddie, for the last two weeks, it would have been 2 nothing Columbus after that span yes, of events. Yes, agreed. So, to me, I'm a big believer, like I've watched hockey long enough, the breaks come and the breaks go. And and that that six minute span at the start of the game last night was kind of like a Chinook coming in on a really cold day. It changed everything. They came out of it zero zero. Skinner allowed them to get on their feet, and then boom, the biggest break of the game, Bob, was Voracek like a dummy skating around and trying to play with no helmet on. Hey, you forgot was, the rule. I can't. Well, he's a veteran player. You don't forget the rule, Bob. Like, that's inexcusable. That was as dumb a hockey play as I've seen in many, many years. And the Oilers were the recipient of that break. And, boy, did they have one coming. All right. Hey, Speck, great stuff. Uh, We'll talk on Tuesday once more. Have you on the show before Christmas. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bobby, have a great trip if you make it. All right, there you go. 125 at Edmonton. We'll take a quick time out. You're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 127 at Edmonton. Into the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Simply put, they're the best. Lots happening, fluid situation. Here's Brendan Escott. Well, again, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the latest oiler to land in COVID protocol alongside Ryan McLeod, Devin Shore, and head coach Dave Tippett. Zach Hyman still day-to-day with his upper body injury. Mike Smith and uh, Slater Cuckoo getting closer and closer by the day um, to returning from their lower body injuries. Chris Russell, he's out a couple more weeks with an upper body problem. Uh, Around the league, my goodness, Flames, Panthers, and Avalanche games all postponed through at least Christmas. Another flame added today. Uh, there's really too much around the league COVID-wise to even go through. Uh, Maple Leafs placing John Tavares and Alex Kerfoot as the most recent players, Bob, I see landing in COVID now. There you have it. Uh, you already know the cars cost less than Wetaskiwin, but did you know Brent Rich Ford in Wetaskiwin, 10-time Presence Award winner for customer satisfaction. They're taking care of all of their safety and COVID concern needs in the shop. Uh, and you know what? They do a great job on the customer side as well. Here's how you get to be a 10-time President's Award winner. It means you treat people fairly, fully transparent negotiations, making sure advertised prices include all accessories, fees, and taxes, with the exception of GST. 
If those attributes are important to you, you can reach out to our friends, Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. When we return in Oilers now, we'll hook up with Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN for Canadian Power Pack to a global news weather traffic update, Kevin Robertson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.